Rising Academy's professional development for primary and secondary school teachers. Model, positive behavior for learning. Topic, sitting plans. Hello, fellow teachers. We are your radio educator, J. Kruber D.K. Solomon. And Mr. Aaron T. Bala. Who will be lecturing on this aspect of teacher skill building. Teachers are our nation builders. The strength of every profession is our country growth out of the knowledge and skills that teachers help to instill in our children. Thank you, teachers, for all the time, effort, and patience that you gave our students. We appreciate you. Yes, we appreciate you. Thank you, teachers. We would like you to take notes during today's section. So, please take a moment to get a pen and your professional development notebook or some papers. Good. Today, we will be discussing and practicing part of our entry routines or sitting plan. Sitting plans are important because they help you control the learning environment in your classroom. By the end of this section, you will know how to create a sitting plan that helps you to select the best layout and student mix for learning. I want you to take a moment to visualize your classroom. How are your tables or your benches arranged? Why are they arranged in that way? Did you decide to put the tables in that way? Or is it that the way they have always been? Does your classroom space limit how you can arrange your tables? Hmm. Now, take some time to visualize where individual students sit in your classroom. Who sit with who and why? What do you notice about the way your students are arranged? Wow! You have a lot of questions about sitting plans, right? Now, can you tell us why they are so important? Oh, yes. There are a lot of reasons why sitting planes are important. Firstly, they help us as teachers to control the learning environment in our classrooms. Sitting planes give the teacher more control over positive behavior and also learning. We will find out more in today's section. Secondly, a sitting plan is a powerful part of an entry routine. Setting a sitting plan involves wasting time at the start of the lesson while students decide or argue about where to sit. Instead, students know exactly where they must sit and so they can move quickly to their place and begin their work. 
30. Setting a sitting plane shows you are a leader of learning. A sitting plane allows you to select the best layout and student mix for learning. We will discuss this more in today's section. Sitting planes allow you to cater to individual learning needs without drawing attention to them. Wow! Great! Teachers, we have lots to learn about sitting plane today. Here's an alarm for today's session. It is divided into three parts. First, we will talk about how to arrange the decks. Secondly, we will discuss how to arrange your students. And thirdly, we will talk about how to communicate the sitting plan to students. We will finish our session with some reflection questions and some time to think about our own well-being as teachers. Great one! Let's get started. The first thing to consider when thinking about your sitting plane is how to arrange your decks. Of course. This will depend on how many students you have to teach in your classroom. For many teachers, rules are the only star that fits. I have been in lots of classrooms where there's just isn't enough room to arrange the decks any other way. I agree. If you have a lot of students in a small classroom, you have less flexibility. However, there are some simple things that any teacher can do. For example, you can make sure that the teacher has a pathway in the middle of the class to walk through the decks. This is important because it allows the teacher to move away from the blackboard and circle it in the room. This means they can encourage positive behavior and support learning. A lot of teachers make sure they can walk around the edge of their classroom by having the decks slightly away from the classroom walls. This also helps the teacher move around the whole classroom. Great! I can see how arranging the decks so that teachers can move around the room is important. Sitting students in rows can be effective because all students are facing the teacher and the blackboard. This helps to remove distraction. When students are in rows, it is very easy for them to engage in peer discussion because they have a neighbor to turn to. However, traditional roles make it harder for students to participate in group work. Sure. So, what if teachers are in a classroom 
where they have some more space. Right. Some teachers may have space to put students in groups. By arranging tables in groups, you create opportunity for students to collaborate in groups more easily. Wow. Another way you could choose to arrange your decks is in a U-shape. Some people call this a horseshoe shape. This option is good for close instruction because the teacher can sit in the middle of the students. This works well for debates and discussions too because students can all see each other. Wow. So, to summarize what we have said so far, the first step in creating a sitting plan is thinking about how to arrange your decks. We talk about rows, groups, and use or horseshoe. In the next part of this session, we will discuss how you decide which students sit where. Great. Step two in creating a sitting plan is deciding which students should sit where. You can draw a diagram of the classroom and then write down the students' names on your piece of paper. If you have a large class, make it a priority to learn students' names at the beginning and use the registrar to help you. This makes a big difference to students' relationships. There are several things you may want to consider. For example, students with visual difficulties can be nearer the front. Boys and girls can be mixed as girls turn to calm boys down. Faster and slower learners can next to each other for support. And students with more behavioral needs can be closer to you. Wow! That was a lot of information. Can we break that up a bit? Of course. There are two main things that I consider when I decide where to sit my students. Number one, ability. Number two, peer influence. Wow. I agreed. I always begin by thinking about how my sitting plan with impact learning. Sometimes, I set my faster learners next to my slower learners. This means that they can work together, peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer learning is really powerful. I also think about specific individual learning needs. For example, a student called Adama had a visual difficulties, which means she found it difficult to see the blackboard. Her teacher made sure she was sitting at the front of the class. I think it is a good idea to always start with learning. We have to talk about how we can arrange our students to maximize learning. Yes. 
So once we have thought about ability, the next thing is, I think about is influences. In other words, I think about how the students influence each other. I think about which students work well together and which ones does not. This helps me to create a sitting plan that allows students to feel safe, to participate and enjoy the learning. Therefore, there are also some practical considerations I think about. If a teacher has a crowded classroom, then you can make sure that the taller children sit at the back and shorter children at the front. Otherwise, some children physically cannot see the blackboard. Oh, yes, that's true. It is also important to consider gender. That is, boys and girls can learn from each other. So, creating opportunities for them to interact is very important. Oh, yes. Interaction in the classroom is very important. So, to summarize, when we are considering where to place students in our sitting plans, we think about two main things. And they are ability and influence. In the next section, we are going to discuss how to communicate this sitting plan to students. The third part of creating a successful sitting plan is communicating to students. This is very important because they need to know where you would like them to sit. There are several ways you can communicate the sitting plan to your students. Okay. Now, some teachers practice the sitting plan in their first lesson. They ask all students to stand in a line at the back of the classroom and they call each student to their seat one by one. Some teachers do this at the beginning of the school year and then they do it again if they need to change the sitting plan during the year. Remember, a sitting plan is never completely fixed because learning always changes and our students change too. That's a good way to communicate to students. You can also write their names on the blackboard so that students can see their name and they walk into the classroom. This takes a lot of time, though, so I will probably do this at the start of the year. It is also important that you explain to students that they can always come and talk to you if they have an issue or are uncomfortable with their sitting plane place. Great! Listeners, you might have other ways you can think of to make sure your students know where you want them to sit. To summarize our session today, we looked at three steps to design effective sitting plans. 
step one. Decide how to arrange the decks. Typically, in rows, in groups, or in a horseshoe. That is the U form. Step two. Decide where to place each individual student by thinking about their ability and their peer influences. Step three. Communicate your choosing sitting plan to your students so that they know where to sit. Wow! What a great step to use in creating your sitting plan. Now, we will practice our learning from this session by designing a sitting plan for your class. I want you to take out your professional development notebook or some paper and draw the four walls of your classroom in square or rectangle. Depending on the shape of your room. Now draw where you would like to arrange your decks. Great. Once you have drawn in your decks, you are ready to write the names of your students. Remember to think about ability, gender, and influences. Come back and finish this after our radio session has finished. Wow. Great one. Teachers, we are grateful that you were able to learn from this section on sitting plan. Now, I want you to make a quick plan to share your learning with others. Maybe you could send an SMS message to a teacher in your school. Maybe you could telephone a teacher to talk about your learning. Maybe you could plan to teach this to another teacher during a school professional development session. Remember, the professional learning community can benefit from your new knowledge on city plans. Making a plan to share will make a difference to other teachers. To end our section, we always take time to focus on looking after our own mental well-being. As we all know, teaching is very rewarding, but it can also be a difficult perfection. Teachers are responsible for a lot of students, and there is a lot of work involved in being a teacher. We are continuously learning which takes a lot of time and effort. It is always important to take time to relax. It is always important to take time to relax. Wow! What do you do to help you relax, teachers? Do you play sport? Do you spend time with your family 
Do you socialize with a friend? Or do you pray? Try to identify it. What makes you relax and dedicate time every week to do it? Thank you for making the time to join this Rising Academy and Professional Development Session with us today. We have been your lecturers, Mr. Aaron T. Bala and J. Kubo D. K. Salomon. Goodbye. Goodbye.